0: This week, I'm thinking about sin. Well, I'm trying actually not to think about sin. I mean, who wants to think about sin? You know that prayer, the Jesus prayer, Lord, Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinful one? It's a beautiful prayer, but I don't like saying it because it makes me think of my sinfulness. And who wants to think of themselves as sinners? That's why people don't go to confession but scriptures tell us that God is especially close to the lowly and the humble so if I'm gonna be humble I guess I have to be honest and accept the fact that I am a sinner but that doesn't mean that I am doomed thinking that we're so bad not worthy of God's love is pride that's not being humble there are people who let their sinfulness get in the way of their relationship with God and that's the worst thing we can do God doesn't care that you're a sinner God cares if you stop talking to Him about it. And of course, it's always the same sin over and over again, and we're ashamed and we feel guilty, and that's not a good reason to stop talking to God about it. Don't let your sinfulness get in the way of your relationship with God. There are people out there who stop going to Mass because it reminds them of their sinfulness. There are even people out there who prefer not to go to communion rather than to go to confession. Now that's pride. It's also pretty silly. God is love. He is mercy. He will always forgive us and receive us if we keep coming back. We won't stay out of heaven because we're sinners. We'll stay out of heaven if we stop talking to God. So don't. Today, say a prayer. And if all you can muster is a brief, I'm a loser, God help me stop making the same mistakes over and over again, then that's good enough. If that's your best prayer, then that's the best prayer. Because as scripture tells us, the prayer of the humble pierces the clouds. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro, and as always, we have a great show for you today. But before we get going, we have a new winner. Congratulations to Andre Stambouli. You've won a copy of the Jacob and Matthew Band's Trust. If you haven't already, please contact us to claim your prize, radio at And to be sure that you're on the list to win a prize, visit us at saltandlighttv.org slash radio and stay connected with your name and email address. That's all you need. You can also visit us on Facebook, facebook.com slash slradio1. And write a comment about how much you like our program and tell us why and I'm sure that'll certainly get you entered into our weekly draw I also want to tell you that we need to hear from you more you can email us radio at org, you can comment on our Facebook page you can also comment on my Facebook page just look for Deacon Pedro or through my own Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM we need to know what you think of the program what your thoughts are on our interviews how you like or dislike our artists and the music we play please write we promise that we'll read everything you write and we'll even read some of your comments on the air. So please write. Today our public relations expert, Danny Torquia, is back to teach us how to write a good press release. And in our second half hour, we have a conversation that will interest all you men who are wondering why there's nothing for you in the church. And we're also going to speak with Steve Angriano, who returns as our featured artist. He has a new album, A New Day. So let's begin with a song from A New Day. Here's Steve Angersano with May Your Kingdom Come.
1: The Spirit of God fill us with fire. Justice may reign. May Your kingdom come. That justice may reign. May our lives bear witness to the power of Your name. May Your kingdom come. That justice may reign.
0: Steve on Grisano with May Your Kingdom Come from his album A New Day. We're going to be speaking with Steve in the second half hour of the program. And in about 15 minutes, how to write an effective press release with Danny Torquia. But first, Alicia is here with our news.
2: Yes, it's good to be back. So, Pedro, let's take a look at what's been happening. Now, first, we've probably all seen by now the footage of that little boy in the yellow shirt. So cute. He stole the show at the Pilgrimage of Families last Saturday at the Vatican. He parked himself next to the Pope and took over for the Master of Ceremonies. And people have been asking... Who is, is this, this little child? guy? Yeah, who is he? And then the Italians have been asking, where are his parents? Right. Poor parents. Um, so, reporters are trying to track down his identity, but one Italian news site says he lives in the Abruzzo region of uh-huh. Italy, and he has quite a story. The report says he was born in Colombia, adopted by an Italian family, and hmm. arrived in Italy last year. He is reportedly six years old, and the reason he was so fascinated with the Holy Father was because he realized the Pope is South American like he is.
0: Interesting.
2: So they apparently got on instantly, just right, right away, got on really well. Um, as for why he ended up on the stage with the Holy Father, he seems to have been seated with A group of children that were on the stairs around the Holy Father, which is why his parents were not not there. there. They would have been close by, in seats close by, but still too far to like call out to him and say...
0: I'm sure it was fine to have kids. The whole point is to have kids (laughs) around the Pope. Yes.
2: Oh yeah, and and, um, Archbishop Gansvain, if you see the footage, he's laughing through the whole thing. He thought this was hilarious. Yes. Um, Moving on to some sad news. The Capuchin Franciscan friar mm-hmm. Ignacio Laragana died while visiting Mexico this week. Now, he was 84 years old, um, perhaps better known among Spanish speaking circles. Father Laragana was known for his prayer and um, his books promoting prayer. Yeah. He founded a retreat called Encounters and Experience of God and Prayer and Life Workshops. So, Prayer and Life Workshops is a lay run group and it is recognized by the Vatican. The group posted a notice on their website saying their founder is now at the father's side. Mm-hmm. Father L- Laraña was born in Spain's Basque country and moved to Chile in 1959. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so quite a life. Wow. Yes. Um, yeah, and very
0: well known in Latin America.
2: Yes. Now, Wednesday, the general audience at the Vatican. This this one made headlines, not because of any children stealing the show, <laughs> but because of what Pope Francis said about faith. He was talking about the communion of right. saints, which yes. is often a difficult concept. Yes. Uh, he was explaining how to better understand what it is and why we believe in it. He pointed out that the communion of saints means we're not alone. There's always help when we go through moments of doubt and uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Now the part that grabbed attention was when he said, which one of us hasn't experienced insecurity, feeling lost, and even doubts on the road of faith? We've all experienced this, even me. It's part of the journey of faith. It's part of our lives. And, you know, he said, we all need help from others in our faith life, especially when times are tough. Now, these two things seem like trivial and simple, but you have to realize it's the first time that many people are hearing a Pope say I these know. things that are so universal in such a, a simple and effective way. So it's, it's, I know, being tweeted and retweeted and Facebooked and, yes, and discussed everywhere.
0: I know. And it's, I mean, it's surprising because, of course, the Pope would have had experience. Everybody exactly. does. Exactly. And right? he
2: talks about it in the books that have come yes. out. In the book El Jesuita with, yeah. with Sergio Rubin, he talks yeah. about being yeah. a young man and, ha- and not being totally certain and yeah. having this encounter. Yeah, He talks about the so It's so good. It's so good. You're right. So universal. Yeah. Yes. So just to close off, mm-hmm. um, we've heard about the NSA spying on various... <laughs> everyone. <laughs> various world <laughs> leaders. Everyone. <laughs> including Germany, Spain, Italy, and Brazil. So Italian news media this week that reported that while the NSA was listening in on Italian conversations, they picked up and listened to conversations going to and from the Vatican. What is even bigger and more, you know, out there is that they would have been listening to these conversations right up to the time the conclave started.
0: Interesting.
2: So there's speculation going around that maybe they wanted to know who the next Pope would be. So the Italian magazine Panorama said that um, the Italian newspaper Panorama and the International Business Times reported that it wasn't the U.S. on its own though. It Mm -hmm. was the British... Um, Spy agency working in collaboration with the NSA, picking up on the Vatican conversations. Right. Now, Father Federico Lombardi, the Holy See spokesman, of course, said, These are just rumors, and quite frankly, we're not worried.
0: Yeah, of course not.
2: Yeah, we've got nothing to hide. Of course not. But we'll have more on that. We'll be keeping our ears and eyes on these allegations and uh, different things, and we'll be trying to find out who that little boy is in the the yellow shirt.
0: All right, find out his name. Yes. Thank you, Alicia. Alicia Ambrosio, our Salt and Light Hour news producer. You can watch Alicia on Vatican Connections every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Salt and Light TV and also on demand at saltandlighttv.org. You can also follow her on Twitter at VatiConnections. And write in and send your comments.
3: Hi, this is Donna Corey Gibson, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro.
0: I'm Deacon Pedro. Our website is saltandlighttv.org slash radio, and our Facebook page is facebook.com slash slradio1. Go there and tell us what you think of what we're doing. We need your comments. And now, Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos.
4: Hi, Deacon Pedro. How are you?
0: Andrew Santos.
4: Yes. I'd like to think that November is actually one of the most, uh, um, all of our saint uh, episodes which yeah, you are very okay. important but i'd like to think that november is actually most important because as you know in the universal church we celebrate the saints the all lives saints of the day. saints yes uh yesterday being uh, november the first uh-huh. is all saints day mm-hmm. so we remember those holy men and women that have gone before us so you're going to do every uh, single saint intercede to. so i thought today we would actually look at the saints whose feast days are on today november the second okay so um I'm just going to highlight a few of them, and I'm going to quickly go through them. Right. Okay? Okay. Okay, first things first. St. Maura. St. Maura, M-A-U-R-A, she is the Irish sister of St. Bridget. Uh, There's a legend that they were Scottish princesses who were murdered by pagan outlaws while uh, taking a pilgrimage to Rome, and their bodies, we know, are enshrined enshrined in Rome. Right. They are believed to be the same St. Maura and St. Bridget, who were 5th century soldiers uh, together with uh, a saint called St. Euphronius and St. Martin of Tours. Okay. Also, there's another legend of them by St. Bea. Their feast day, today, November the 2nd.
0: St. Mora and St. Bridget. Yes. Interesting. Uh,
4: moving on, St. Amicus, someone who we may never have heard of before. Amicus was a Benedictine well-known in Monte Cassino, Italy. Uh-huh. He is a hermit priest who entered St. Peter's Monastery at Fonteval Lana. Yeah. Okay. Died in 1045. We move on, uh, St. Theodotus, who was the Bishop of um uh, I'm not pronouncing this right Laodicea, uh-huh. which is modern-day Turkey. Uh, uh-huh. He was involved in the Arian controversy, which was, uh, which was really huge at that time. Right. Uh, he was a friend of the historian um, Eusebius of Caesarea. Uh-huh. He was much praised. Uh, he went on to be a participant in the Council of Nicaea. Yeah. So that's a big council in the church. That was the year 325. Right. Um, He was also a supporter of the semi Aryan position, but gave his signature to the Orthodox decrees of the council. Okay. Uh, Moving on, we turn to England. Blessed John Bodie. Uh Uh, I haven't heard much of his story, but it was very interesting. He's an English martyr and schoolmaster. He was born at Wells and was educated at Oxford. He converted to the Catholic faith. Uh, John studied law in fifteen fifty seven and returned to England to become a schoolmaster and to marry uh, when he repudiated king henry VIII's claim of supremacy in you know spiritual matters, he yeah. was arrested okay. John was imprisoned uh, at Winchester until fifteen eighty three when he was taken on November the second and hanged. Mm. He was beatified in nineteen twenty nine uh-huh. so we're waiting for his canonization, hopefully one day yeah uh, we move on Saint Marcion, a hermit and a founder. Marcion was born in Cyrus of a noble family. He left his position at the emperor's court and a military career to become a hermit at Chalcis, uh-huh. which is a desert near um, Antioch. We've heard of Antioch before. Yeah. Um, there he attracted many disciples, and he actually founded a monastic group. He was renowned for his holiness and for um, many miracles. In his story, we do not know when he was born, and we do not know when he died.
0: Hmm, okay? But his feast day is November 2nd.
4: Yes, November the 2nd. Sec- well, we... There's no definitive date, but he's been marked down uh, to have his feast day celebrated on November the November 2nd. Second. So yeah. we would presume that he died yeah, maybe. Um, on this day. Um, moving forward to tomorrow, uh, in the Church we celebrate St. Malachi. And uh, St. Malachi is a very interesting saint to look to, especially during papal conclaves. Because uh, when we look at his story, he was a bishop and martyr. Yeah. He was originally Greek. He became a bishop uh, in present-day Austria. Mm-hmm. He was martyred during the persecutions of one of the emperors um He has been known to predict um popes
0: yes I've he's heard gone this. on to
4: predict a uh, hundred and something popes and we hear the we hear the um the fam- the famous um you know commentary of saint Malachi that you know if there if there is ever to be a second peter on the throne of uh on the papal throne. That it may be the end of the world, or maybe the end of the church. Hmm. So, um, Saint Malachi, his feast day, and November the third. He died in the year three hundred four. Yeah. Uh, there's also other saints, Deacon Pedro, that we should look to um, this coming month, in the month of November. Mm-hmm. We've got Charles Borromeo, mm-hmm. uh, personal saint of mine, favorite. Oh, yeah. Saint Martin de Porres for uh-huh, our Spanish for friends, a Peruvian. Yeah. Anyone uh, in South America, in the Spanish world, we celebrate Saint Martin de Porres. Saint Leonard. Uh-huh. As well as the blessed martyrs of Astoria, who are very re- renowned during the Spanish Civil War. Right. So, um, got a little taste of everything today. But you know, this is a very important month, and we give thanks for the lives of the saints. You know, we're always looking for people of inspiration in our life, but you know, we should always first turn to
0: absolutely. Um,
4: we should always first turn to the faith.
0: Yes, absolutely. So we celebrate the saints. Also today, November second, all souls, and so all not all all the people who all the souls who who are in purgatory as of well. Of course. So I wrote all this down. So Saint Mora, Saint Bridget, Saint Amicus, Saint Theodotus, Saint Blessed John Bodhi. John Bodhi. Yep. Saint Martian. Marcion?
4: Martian. Yep. And
0: then tomorrow Saint Malachi.
4: Yep, and later on this and month, Charles we got, Borromeo. We got,
0: we got four more this month, so we can look at saints. Exactly, the and, and tomorrow more.
4: Saint Martin de Porres.
0: And same. Okay, great. Thank that you one very is much. A
4: special, uh, special one for our uh, technical director. Yes, Javier, Javier from Peru.
0: Thank you very much, Andrew. Andrew Santos, our Saint expert.
5: Hi, this is Father Rob Gallia, and you're listening to the Souls and Light Hour with Deacon
6: Pedro.
0: You can find Salt and Light Radio on Facebook, facebook.com slash slradio1. Visit us and like our page. Also visit us at saltandlighttv.org slash radio and stay connected for a chance to win cool music prizes from our featured artists. And now it's time for... Media Ministry Minutes with Danny Torquia. Danny, welcome to a whole new season of the Sultan Light Hour.
5: Thanks, Deacon Pedro. Delighted to be with you.
0: So you're going to teach us how to write the perfect press release.
5: Well, you know what? Practice does make perfect, and, and a press release it remains one of the most valuable tools for any communications effort. So yes. yeah, I'm happy to chat about it.
0: Okay, so so, so what is a press release, first of all?
5: A press release is the name that we give to any communication that is official in that it represents uh, an organization, a church, uh, a gr- some kind of group, and it's, uh, it's it's meant to send information, facts, and key messages, key campaign information to members of the press. But in this day and age where there's a huge push for uh, content through a variety of different channels, a press release is an invaluable tool that, A, can be used for media, and is very valuable, and then can be repurposed through a bunch of other channels like social media, websites, right. even internal church yeah. bulletins.
0: So, what's the difference then between a press release and me just sending an email to some journalist?
5: Well, first of all, it's the the breadth or the scope of the distribution. A press release, uh, on the one hand, it, it, theoretically, it serves a purpose of um, of showing the world and documenting the life of an organization. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's got to be done properly, but done. Also, over time, uh, consistently, to show the world that this is a dynamic organization or a dynamic parish, and that it has a good intention, sincere intention, of sharing its developments, its milestones, its challenges, too, and accomplishments with the outside world or external audiences. And no better place to start than with a bunch of local media uh, different journalists, different people who are engaged in getting content. So it's really an essential tool that we're hoping more and more organizations learn how to use it. So it's, okay. it's, it's all about writing things down, getting facts. Um, and we can jump into tips if you want to. Yes, already please, because
0: it, yeah, it sounds very theoretical. So, so how does this work?
5: Well, I- essentially, it's got a headline. Uh, it's got a lead. It's got a quote or two. It's got some data or insight and then some resources, which is like a conclusion.
0: Okay, so can you break that up? So what's the difference between a headline and a lead?
5: The headline is what you'd see uh, in, in bold script, large font on a, in a print paper. And, and the lead is the first paragraph, which, which you know, has to be factual, hard-hitting, exactly what the news is, so that we don't waste the reader's time. Because journalists, like many other people, are very time-squeezed. Uh-huh. And, then, and then quotes, because people always want to know what, what does the leadership of an organization think, or the newsmaker. It could be a, a person who uh, has uh, lived through an amazing experience, and then you give a, a space for them in a quote. And so it's really just content. And we try. It, it's really got to be written so that the journalist, if they had the space, whether on radio or TV or, or print, could plop it in without much tweaks.
0: Many really? Tweaks okay. So you were we're almost like writing the actual article for the journalist.
5: Absolutely. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Yes, so that it shouldn't be, we did this, we did that. It should be written in the third person, uh-huh. like if you are the editor or the reporter. And any references to we did this or uh, our organization did that should be left only in the quote.
0: I see. Okay, so so literally write it as if it was a, an article with the headline, the lead, the quote, some information, like if you want to find out more about our organization.
5: Exactly, because the uh, press office or the PR person, or the media relations person, really acts as a a little bit of a scribe or an unbiased um, person documenting the developments of an organization. Now, I want to encourage everyone who's writing this, you can use glorious and very uh, effervescent, exciting terms about we did this, we did that, we're so proud, but it should be reserved in the quotes because Uh a person can be excited about their fundraiser or their campaign, but the journalist would never use crazy uh, adjectives or superlatives right. that are like, oh, this was fantastic, or we are the best. That is uh, stuff that would be perceived by a journalist as, as rubbish.
0: So, so, so if the headline is 40 Days for Life Amazing, that's not a good headline, as opposed to uh, Campaign Shuts Down Three Planned Parenthood uh, Clinics exactly that's a headline
5: yeah so we we have a duty to keep the facts uh up front and in an unbiased way and any notions of huge accomplishments or great superlatives the adjectives like really a fantastic result or amazing outcome it should be left inside the quotes of the, the quote ceo of, or the yes, director so or the so bishop
0: yeah so 40 days for life campaign organizers such and such a person said that the campaign has been very successful this year quote.
5: Exactly. And, uh, uh, you know, there's resources out there. People should just go to the, uh, they can go to the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops website Mm -hmm. or an archdiocese website that has a newsroom or the USCCB. Or Salt and Light. Or Salt and Light to look at the news releases that are there to see what the form is. Right. And also read the paper, watch the news uh, with an eye to get into the news cycle.
0: Okay. So I think that what I'm taking out of this is that the press release is you're actually giving the journalist All the information that all they have to do is copy and paste that's right and a lot of times they'll do that and as a you know what an aside as a producer for tv and radio i love publicists sending me content and all i the less work i have to do the better Uh, so yes and i do copy and paste and i try to repurpose things a little bit but but just a little bit and what we
5: hear from journalists is that if you do this right your piece your communication stands out from the rest because they do get a lot of, of stuff that's perceived as garbage and, and if people want, and next time we can talk about the resources Absolutely. to support uh, yes. the press release, photography, or other items, as well as um, media lists and scanning. E-
0: Excellent. We're going to do that. So, so right now, um, we'll stick with press releases. Maybe people can, we can give them homework. They have a month to write a press release and send it to Danny Torquia. He can uh, market for you. We'd be happy to. Danny Torquia is our public relations expert and the managing director of Torquia Communications. You can follow him at danTorquia.com that's on Twitter and uh, let us know any questions you have about press releases you can ask Dan or or email us here at radio at saltandlighttv.org hi
2: I'm Emma Fred and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pitcher.
0: you can download our podcast for free at org slash radio and also off iTunes and here now is Sheridan
7: hello hello my friends Pedro, as you know, the Knights of Columbus do a tremendous amount of good work, and they're a great example of how the laity can transform the world. Yes. And recently at the Supreme Convention of the Knights of Columbus, I met Yale Baddick, and he's with the Communications Department for the Knights HQ in New Haven, Connecticut. So I thought we'd call him up to hear what's the latest and greatest. Yale, thanks so much for making time in your busy schedule to speak with us.
6: Thank you, Sheridan. Wonderful to be here.
7: The Knights are known for providing prosthetic limbs to earthquake victims in Haiti, but more recently you've also been working with survivors of the Boston Marathon. Can you tell us more? Sure.
6: Uh, actually, uh, the, the Knights of Columbus um, has a long history of uh, assisting those with mobility issues. Um, for example, the Knights of Columbus have uh, provided more than 40,000 wheelchairs worldwide, uh, from right here in the U.S. to um, oh, as far as Afghanistan and Vietnam. Uh, we also helped in the, the aftermath as, as you and I have discussed in the past um, after the uh, devastating earthquake in, in Haiti in, in 2010
1: right.
6: um, where we committed $1.5 million to provide uh, free prosthetics uh, as well as a minimum of two years of rehabilitation to every Haitian child who lost a limb um, in, that, in that calamity. Uh, but most recently, as you're referencing, we uh, announced the Stand with Boston program uh, which provides assistance for the people who lost limbs in the tragic uh, Boston, Marathons, uh, Boston Marathon bombings in, in April, um, and this is the latest in a series of Knight's initiatives uh, to help provide mobility for individuals in the United States and abroad.
7: How's the response been so far?
6: You know, the response has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, really, when you when you look at it and and you see these victims who are being uh, a little bit more or better restored, uh, just beyond mobility, uh, but but their dignity has been restored uh, by this program. Uh, the response from the victims themselves, their families, uh, and the media alike has been uh, has been fantastic.
7: So, what else is going on right now? Is the kids for um, coats for kids drive going on?
6: Yeah, actually, that's uh, I'm in I'm in Denver, Colorado, right now, um, and just uh, yesterday we were up in Greeley, Colorado, which is about an hour north of here. Uh, and Greeley is an area that was, um, devastated by some of the floods last month. Right. And, uh, we participated in the Coats for Kids drive there. Um, and it was, it was just brilliant to see, uh, over 900 coats were distributed in less than an hour and a half. Wow. So, <laughs> when you see these families lined <laughs> up, uh, and just witness the volume of coats being lovingly handed out, it's, it's, uh, it's astounding.
7: How many of these drives have you participated in? Well,
6: about 1,000 of our councils have participated since 2009, uh, so it's, it's a pretty large initiative. And um, I myself have been to a couple dozen of these drives, and I'll be doing them again uh, in Connecticut uh, on Black Friday, right after Thanksgiving. So we're, we're very active in this, uh, in this area.
7: So you have a very busy schedule coming up. Yes. <laughs> All for a good reason.
6: Yes, of course, and uh, of course during the, the Christmas season there's uh, plenty of food initiatives and COATS initiatives and, and everything, and uh, it's, it's nice to be involved. Um, it was also great to see at this last uh, COATS event just yesterday, uh, the cameraman that we that we hired to uh, to, to film it um, was so inspired by the event and, and watching all the families uh, that he actually took his first step to join the Knights of Columbus, so I thought that was pretty pretty impressive to see.
7: And speaking of joining, how can someone support the Knights?
6: Oh, that's a great question. You know, there's many ways to, to get involved. Um, and uh, probably the best place to start is to visit uh, KOFC.org um, or reach out to their local parish or, or council. Uh, or if somebody knows a member, they can just open up a dialogue and, and find out how they can they can help or join. There's um, there's certainly a lot of need out there, and uh, the Knights are here to serve those that need access to our works of, uh, of active charity.
7: Thanks very much, Yale.
6: I appreciate it, Sheridan. Thank you so much.
7: I was speaking with Yale Baddick, a director in the communications department at the international headquarters uh, for the Knights of Columbus in New Haven, Connecticut.
0: Very cool. We love the Knights. Thank you, Sheridan. Uh, Remember, we can't tell the world what's happening in your diocese if we don't know. So you have to let us know what's happening in your Knights Council, in your parish, anything. Just let us know. Email us, radio at saltandlighttv.org or also you can share your event with us via Facebook. And don't go anywhere because coming up in our second half hour, Being a Man After God's Own Heart and a featured chat with Steve Angrasano. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour, Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Being a man after God's own heart is the way King David is described in the Bible. Yet I think for most men, it is a challenge. Not only, are there, not only are we so busy as husbands, fathers, workers, most of the time spirituality is presented in such a feminine way. How can I be a man, fulfill my call to holiness, to do extraordinary things, to help build God's kingdom on earth, and still be a man after God's own heart? And to help us sort all this out, I am now joined by David Daler, He's the author of Being a Man After God's Own Heart. David, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour.
8: Thank you very much, Deacon.
0: So, why did you write this book?
8: Well, you know, in in my role in the diocese, I'm constantly being asked to help facilitate programs in in parishes. Uh-huh. And there are countless programs out there for women. Yes. Uh, and very few for men. And uh, men's yes. groups are always looking for something to do, and when we find Material it's usually American or Australian and doesn't really right. necessarily connect with the Canadian church.
0: Yeah, and so okay. we
8: were looking for things, and it, it, it just resonated with me, having, having traveled the spiritual journey myself as father, as husband, as, as worker, uh-huh. and always looking for that connection.
0: So tell me something. Why do you think that that's the case? Why are there so many programs? I mean, I can think of the Knights of Columbus. Right. And that's where it ends. And then there's nothing else. For Why is that?
8: Well i think I think traditionally that that men we as men have been very actively involved in the the, the life of our families mm-hmm. and and in many ways haven 't necessarily been the spiritual leaders or haven 't necessarily been as involved in the spiritual formation of our children as our wives have right. uh, we 've been partners in it, but I think that that thrust has been in 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 the wives and mothers and so therefore there 's more support for that. I think that in in many cases um, men have for the longest time taken a back seat to that and i think that even research is showing us that 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 men have a greater impact on the spiritual formation of their children yes, when yes. they're involved
0: i think so do you think that that's it has changed or gotten worse since vatican two
8: no no i don't think so no. i think what's what's happening i actually think that things are getting better and that's why men are looking for these supports right. now okay. i think that 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 We're we're taking an ownership and becoming more involved, and I think that's being encouraged. But it's this constant sense of busyness that gets in the way.
0: Okay, is part of the problem also that I mean I don't know maybe I'm wrong, but in my experience, that spirituality is usually presented in in a a very feminine way, and I don't know how to say that so that not How I would
8: define that, I'm not sure. I don't want it to sound sexist. Yeah,
0: I, I don't know. I mean, I. See, this is why it's a hard conversation, because I don't want to sound like I'm being sexist, that there's a masculine yeah. spirituality or a feminine spirituality, but, you know, like being quiet and sharing my personal feelings or going for a walk. Well,
8: here's here's an interesting thought. The very first time that I, I workshopped this book, I was presenting in a parish, and I said to the pastor, now I know the guys don't really like to share, and they don't want to talk. So I'm going to do this, and I was listing what I was going to do, and he said, now, don't sell them out. Try it and see what happens. Uh So we did it, and I did it with a model that was asking them to participate. I couldn't shut them up. Really? Because they were given permission to speak.
0: Uh It was that
8: sense that I have questions and I want to talk about them. It was really enlightening for me, and it it really pushed me to to change the focus of some of the questions in in the book as I was writing it, Uh because... I think it's important to give ourselves time to do that.
0: Does it make a difference if if the the group is only for men's and as opposed to for couples that we well, need to separate I th- I men? Well, I think
8: I think there's merit in both. And as as I said, um, when I wrote the book, I've had a number of women that have purchased the book, uh-huh. and i I constantly want to I hope you have someone to share this with. Right. But as they said, it's it's still speaking to them. I mean, you could easily have said it a person after God's own heart. Yes, but I think no. that it's important for us as men, to acknowledge that we do need to find those connections. We need to find that encounter ourselves, because we know we can't share what we don't have. Uh And so unless we've had that encounter, unless we understand the connection, unless we make those associations... How are we going to share it?
0: Uh huh. I'm glad that you mentioned that some women are buying the book because I was going to ask you who is it for? Is it only for men? Or is it something that uh you know, my wife can use? No,
8: absolutely. It's written for everyone, but the my prime focus in writing it was to give a resource that men could have in their hands. And it also it was never meant to be it's not meant to be an academic study. No. It's a study of these fifteen individuals uh-huh. and how their lives speak to the struggles and the challenges that we have.
0: Okay. Uh, Can I ask you then? So you chose to structure it that way. And and in fact, that's one of the things I liked about it. For one, because I love scripture. And I mean, everything we need to know is there. But why did you choose? And you didn't stop in scripture because the last five guys are are sort of modern, saintly, holy people, uh, men. Why did you choose to structure it that way?
8: Well, what I wanted to show was, I mean, people are are constantly saying, oh, you know, God spoke to the men of the Old Testament. God spoke to, Christ spoke to the, the New Testament leaders. How come he's not speaking to us today? And my response to that was, well, he's speaking, we're just not listening. Uh-huh. And, and so what I, I wanted to do was show that all of those men in the Old Testament were equally as, as challenged and as much of sinners as we are. Um, I mean, if, if David can be a man after God's own heart, oh there's help for, a, hope for yes. all of us. Um, but then when I got to the modern men, I wanted to show that it, it wasn't, it's not the saints as we picture them. These were all flawed individuals, mm-hmm. and they all had struggles, they all had challenges, That, but within those challenges, they found their connection, and they found their, their encounter with their God.
0: So how did, you, how did you pick? Did you l- look at qualities first and from there find the, 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 the man that matched the quality? or did No, you I think y-
8: for me it was this, this go-around, and we're looking at a follow-up to it, but this uh-huh. go-around was, I picked, I pick, in the modern men, I picked men that had spoken to me yeah. in some way. And I thought, if I can address them, then I can make that connection, and hopefully others will be able to find similar connections for themselves. Right. So, for instance, with Andre Bessette, yes. the, the, the very gentle, very kind, very simple man who, who himself said, you know, when I entered the order, they showed me the door, and I never left. Uh-huh. And that whole sense that, that sense of welcoming, that sense of drawing in, that sense of, of nurturing that came from a man of very humble beginnings. Uh-huh. And yet the other side, the flip side of that with Thomas More, uh-huh. The intelligent, bright, smart man who knew what he faced, and yet still, yes. because of his relationship with his God, he knew what he had to do.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. And then you also have Pier Giorgio Frassati that I think a lot of yeah. younger men might might exactly. relate to. Um, and then, of course, Father McGivney, and, you know, great... Uh, well, uh, and
8: again, I I purposely put that one in because I thought it was a, a, an important connection for our Knights, and that's absolutely. a strong group within our Church.
0: Absolutely. Um, and
8: to acknowledge that, to acknowledge what what he did to bring men together. Um, and it, and again, I think in doing this, it strengthens everything. I don't think, I, I don't like to silo. I, uh-huh. When I started to do this, I thought I'd, I'd be just as happy writing a book, being a woman after God's own heart, because right. it, the, the essence is still there. And I think that we, we can't silo and say, this is, just male spirituality this is just female this is a senior spirituality okay we have a common ground but i think it speaks to us differently mm-hmm. so i think we have to acknowledge that but we have to see those connections
0: right so so would you say then that men need men role models in a in a way
8: i think we i absolutely think we need role models because i think role models speak to us and they they speak to us in a way that we can see it's not we're not we're not looking at someone in a saintly capacity, and say, "I could never be like that that's not that's not, but when you look at these individuals, these yeah. individuals were far more flawed than most men that we'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. and yet yes. they still because we we impose that what our interpretation of of a saint is when God is looking to the heart uh-huh. so we're we're imposing yeah. all these other characteristics on them, and I think that in if we see these or we make these connections it makes it it'll make us a stronger person
0: right i was thinking that that some men and to a certain degree myself uh i i don't have a such a strong connection with mary mm-hmm. um f- and i don't know if if it's because i'm a guy or maybe it's just because it's who i am but but maybe that that's one thing that you know people will say oh you pray the rosary it's like well uh, i'm not going to say that the rosary's not manly because I, there's lots of men who I know pray the rosary and, and <laughs> but you know. Okay,
8: now that that's interesting because for me, I do have a strong Marian devotion. See, that's and, great. And for me, the rosary is very important. But I don't think it is for everyone. And uh-huh. I think it's the same as I believe so many of our sacramentals. We can't say that one way is the right way. There right. are people who probably never sit in adoration. That yeah. doesn't mean that it's right or wrong. It means that they're, that's not their avenue for making that connection. Right, right. Um, and I think that uh, we, Find the spirituality that moves us closer to our God, whatever works for us, and I, I think that we've we've found ourselves bombarded by the technology the the technological advancements in society, everything that gets in our way of that i mean it's it 's back to the old adage of that hole in our heart that we try to fill with everything uh-huh. we think we need, yeah, and yet when we fill it with God that 's when we'll rest, and so that we're constantly exposed to the busyness of life mm-hmm. and to take the time for our own spiritual growth, whether it's through prayer, through reading. I mean, th- prayer is another avenue that I want to explore for men because it's that sense that yes. we don't take the time to do it. Yes, no, We don't true. allow ourselves the time to sit because we feel we have to keep busy. Yeah, it's true.
0: Good. Okay. Um, this is very good. I, I, I haven't read the whole book yet. I just got it, but I but what I've read, I really enjoyed, and I'm looking. I'm glad you said that this is the first installment. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I hope because so. I'm so looking I'm for and maybe, and maybe even starting a, a men's group in my in my parish. Um, thank you very much, David, for, for, for this first step and for everything you're doing in Hamilton and for the church
8: thank you very much
0: David Daler is the director of the Office for Discipleship and Parish Life for the Diocese of Hamilton in Ontario here in Canada his new book Being a Man After God's Own Heart is published by Novalis you can find out more at novalis.ca here now is Steve Angersano with Alleluia Love is Alive from his new album A New Day
1: From your sleeping and run to the tomb Come and see, come and see He is alive A grave that is empty, a promise fulfilled God who was with us is here with us still He is here, He is here, He is alive To the darkness of night Tell the world Tell the world He is alive Hear the good news Of this glorious day Every heart singing As heaven proclaims He is Lord He is Lord He is alive I agree.
0: Steve Angresano with Alleluia Love is Alive from his new album A New Day. Now, Steve Angresano is definitely one of the most effective and versatile ministry leaders in the church today. Everyone loves his unique blend of humor, song, story. No wonder he's a popular choice for many parish, diocesan, national and worldwide events. Now, but Steve's not just a musician and composer. He's also a youth minister and a worship leader. He's been featured at seven World Youth Days, including World Youth Day 2002, when we met, and recently World Youth Day Rio 2013, when I last saw him. He's also MC'd and, and been uh, featured in many national conferences, pro-life marches and rallies, diocesan youth conventions. I mean, this guy is everywhere. He's a busy guy. Just ask his wife. Um, when he's not doing all that, he's composing and recording. And his new album, New Day, is a testament to his genuine and sincere desire to bring everyone to a closer relationship with the Lord. So it's a great pleasure to have Steve back on the program. Steve, welcome to the Sultan Light Hour.
3: Oh thank you hey, great to be here that was, you could just keep going that was very very uh, <laughs> you're supposed to be humble <laughs> well you you you've been around
0: you're busy <laughs> um how was world youth Because you kind of we 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 connected it was god good we spent lots of good moments and then you left
3: Yes, I know I had to scoot off to uh to a big national event and uh for liturgical musicians in the u s yes i World Youth Day. We we shared a couple meals together, as you know, yes. uh, for people to know. We shared a couple meals together and stayed in the,
0: in the sea, uh, yeah. hotel
3: together, and it was I thought an extraordinary experience. I've been to many World Youth Days as you have as well, and yeah. I think to see this Pope in South America, and honestly, the the enthusiasm of the people for him was. To me, what was different, I mean, I'm a, I'm a product of John Paul II. You yeah, know, and yeah, me too. He is a hero of mine, and to have been close to him, to have met him once, to, you know, I remember being at World Youth Day there, where I met you in 2002, and, and hearing him actually say, uh, you know, kind of at the end of Mass, you remember when he kind of introduced the next World Youth Day and sort of alluded to, you may yes. not be there, yes. and I cried like a baby. I, mm. I, I mean, literally, at World Youth Day, realizing... That, that the Pope that had evangelized my heart, you know, was may not be around for the next World Youth Day. And, yeah. And uh, at, at this one, to see how much the people of South America embraced him, the, the World Youth Day crowd, the people with the credentials on, certainly came there to see him, but it was overwhelming how the country poured into the streets and how Argentinians poured into the country, and I just felt like I was seeing someone who was truly... I mean, the church was changing right before my eyes and people's hearts were really yeah. open. And that was, a, that was a beautiful experience.
0: Yeah. Now, you've, you've done a lot of big conferences. I mean, NCYC. You've done everything. So how does a world you think compare to something like an NCYC in terms of what you do?
3: Oh gosh! Well, my, my it's a good thing you added that last part. In terms of what I do, I was gonna say yeah. the first, my first thought was, well, there's no bathrooms at World
5: Youth Day. That's the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh,
3: the, I think I think for me, uh, there's a real rich experience. And uh, I did some catechetical sessions yeah. uh, at World Youth Day, which, if you've never been and you don't know what that is, uh, each day, you know, there are the big papal events that we all see on TV. But each day, you know, you would gather more based on where your accommodations are with a bishop and some music and and there's a the teaching from the bishop and yeah. mass and so to be a part of that uh, those sites for me are coordinated by the United States Bishops Conference but that's misleading in the sense that that doesn't mean all the people that come to that are from the United States. No, uh, Most of the people at a Fifteen hundred person catechesis site. They're from Australia and England yeah, and
0: Canada. Papua New
3: Guinea. You know, I mean, there's just there are people from all around the world, and and it's a very powerful experience to see the church in such a broad spectrum. I think the
0: yeah. what happens
3: to sit and eating lunch with all those people is probably my favorite part of it.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. The catechises. In fact, we you mentioned that we see all the main events on TV, but Sultan Light Television actually airs three catechesis sessions. Um, so oh, I, think you, I think you were animating one of them. Anyway, um, uh, you're going to NCYC. That's the National Catholic Youth Conference in Indianapolis. Correct. That's coming up next week, two weeks from now? Um,
3: yeah, I think it's two weeks, two and a
0: half weeks, something yeah, like that. Yeah, and in fact, I think the last time I was in NCYC was in Indianapolis ten years ago yep. or whenever the last time that was. Yeah. <laughs> you have, uh, th- I noticed that you have a new DVD, that, and it's called NCYC Highlights. What's up with that?
3: Yes, so, so, uh, there were three, the NCYC happens every two years, and for three of those, uh, I'm forgetting the years, not last, not the last NCYC, but the three previous to that. Yeah. I was the MC of that, and uh-huh. led a lot of prayer services, and did a few of the, of the keynote addresses and things, and, and so we made a DVD of just highlights of those, uh, three conferences, because, uh, it's just a beautiful spirit of the church, and, and, I think a lot of times, you know, when you turn on the news, uh, some you know one teenager does a terrible thing, and it's it's a world All over, news. Yeah. But twenty five thousand teenagers gather from Canada and U S. and they sing and pray and find faith, and and it's it's a sight you just can't believe if you don't see it. Right. And and you know that never makes the news. <laughs> and we were like, we should we should record some of this and and uh, allow people to have it, so so that's available on my website, actually, and
0: okay. and it's, yep.
3: uh, it's very inspiring it's yeah. very, for me to watch it, because I think it's not so much what any of the speakers, there's a few clips of some other folks on there as well, not
1: right.
0: so
3: much what we're saying, which I hope is good, but just the response of the church, and yeah. like they're singing along and praying, it's, it's really beautiful. Okay,
0: so that's good, so that's available on your website, and um, let's talk about the new album, A New Day. Um, how do you come up with a concept for an album do you do you write a bunch of songs and then put them together or do you actually set out to write an album how does that work for you
3: that's a that's a great question and 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 i'll try to answer this uh it uh, succinctly because <laughs> this album was so unique and, uh-huh. uh and i was all set to go into the studio to record this and i had been on the road with a, I do a show with Sarah Hart and Jesse Menabusan, who yes. some of your listeners would know. And, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I do quite a few events on my own, but I have had a solid four months on the road, and I'm coming right up to when I'm supposed to do the CD, and I and I called the producers, and I called OCP, and I said, I can't do it, I can't do it. I, I promised my family I would come home. And, you know, we're doing the CD now because it's the only empty spot in my calendar, but it's the only empty spot because yeah, I need to go home. And... uh it felt like a, one of those gut check moments where, what's your priorities? You know. Right. And so, we pushed the whole schedule back six weeks. But the crazy thing that happened is in those six weeks, three of the songs that ultimately made it onto the CD were really? written with Kurt. I wrote with Curtis Stevens. Three. Yeah. So a third of the CD wasn't even written when I was supposed to go in
0: to
4: right. the studio,
3: and um, there was already a Benedictus, which is a morning prayer chemical. Yes. and uh, and. Curtis and I wrote a uh, matching magnificat, which is an evening yes. canticle, and and uh, and we wrote uh, two other songs together, which really gave the CD a flavor of morning to evening, a lot drawn from the liturgy of the hours. And yeah, okay. And uh, um, a lot of the music is upbeat and fun, as you're probably as you're hearing on the show. But yeah, but, but the flow of the record is truly morning, daytime, evening, and and it's the first record I've ever done where we actually place the songs in the order we wanted it to go and produced accordingly. You know, usually you, you do the songs and then you go, well, that'd make a good starting song, or that'd make a good closing song. And, and But this was a totally different process because we had to really approach the song already knowing where we wanted it to be and what... And, and how what, what its purpose was on the on the recording, so it was the most the reco- re- rewarding thing that's I've a ever v- done. Th-
0: that's very I- interesting to know because it is it is a great album and it does feel I mean a new day. Now I'm I'm seeing that title in uh, in a new light because it is yes, a day, yes. and and I right. I mean as a deacon I do morning prayer I do the Benedictus every morning I do the Magnificat every evening. So now, now I'm gonna have to use your album. Maybe I'll. It's it's, it's good for
6: the <laughs> That's car. That's
3: okay with me. That would be an honor. That would be an honor. That would I did be very it cool. You were a deacon, and, and yes. you're definitely holier now. I see cool. the effect.
6: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Now your uh, your busyness continues. You're gonna be in Texas. You're well. You're in Washington State. Oh, sorry, you're in 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 Oregon right now, but you're gonna be in Washington State later. You're going to Indiana, and then for NCYC in Indianapolis, and then Australia.
3: Yes. That's quite a I I've been there twice before and uh it's a wonderful experience, you know, of Australians uh fit right in with Americans and Canadians. You know, they're yeah. they have great sense of humor, great uh they speak English <laughs> which, <laughs> sort which is of a bonus for me. And uh they are having their first national gathering, a festival they call it. So uh-huh. a national youth festival and uh I'm obviously the majority of the speakers and musicians are Australian for the National Australian Gathering, but I invited a few other people from around the world, and uh, I was very blessed uh, to be one of them. And so,
0: so where in Australia is that?
3: Yeah, it's going to be in Melbourne. Melbourne, it's be in Melbourne in December, which is which is summer for them.
0: <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, That's great. Great place to go yeah. in the winter. Yes, but this is great. I love the new album. Um, uh, I'm going to put it in the car and start listening to it uh, as as I drive because uh, I mean, especially a rightful place. I love that song. Um, thanks. Uh, thanks for making some time for humble me and our listeners here today and and keep doing what you're doing
3: oh gosh thank you and thanks for doing what you do you bring life to the church so keep doing what
0: you do amen you can learn all about Steve Angersano at steveangersano.com. Going to put that link on our website so you can find it easily. He's also on Twitter, as I said, at Steve Angersano, and on Facebook, so look him up. And his music is also published by SpiritandSong.com, so go check them out as well. If you'd like to win a copy of Steve's A New Day, go to slash radio and enter your name and email address, and we'll be drawing a winner next Saturday and announcing the winner on this show. So a special thanks to Spirit and Song for letting us have a free copy of A New Day to give away. Here now is Steve with another song from his new album, that song I just mentioned, A Rightful Place.
1: Let us live our lives so that all might see That our hearts are restless till they rest in thee Let us build your kingdom in truth and grace So that all might know they have a rightful place
0: We're listening to Steve Angrizzano with A Rightful Place from his new album, deafness, A New we Day. And that will bring us to the end of the program this week. Remember that you can stream or night. podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at saltandlight.org. That's also where we post links to our artists
1: or guests. And that's also where you can stay connected to win Here weekly prizes for our artists Write so to like us and tell us what you think of Man, do you feel there's not much to be in the
0: like What you about our beliefs, the Any suggestions for today that we can you can tell us. Look for us on Facebook, facebook.com/slradio1. Facebook, SL so slradio1. SL you can also Facebook, Salton Light Radio is a ministry of Salt and Light Catholic Media to Foundation you can learn all about us at saltandlightcd.org and learn how for less than the cost of a coffee a day, you can be part of supporting our ministry by joining Taking our up the program call now to thank share you and God bless your you, you and this has been the Salt and Light Radio.
1: All the world, let us our life Okay.